Hi, Doug, again. Hello. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hello. I was we're trying back. to make it sound like we're like the first time we've talked in ages when yes. really we were How just talking. How have you been? Oh, busy. How have you been? The same. It's, a, it's, it's an odd sort of rinse cycle we're living in right now. Yeah, it's so weird to be like, man, I am slammed during like I'm I have no work. I have no like but I am so busy. Yeah, so busy busy. can be good. Um, But but like it's weird because it's like I have nowhere to go. I have no quote unquote day job anymore. Uh, I have no like it's like what you know like like I'm sure everyone is like oh you must be so relaxing or how are you filling your days and it's like not hard, not hard to fill my days. Any any of those people and I know there are some out there that say oh I'm relaxing oh this is a good time for me I I do want to know your secret. Yeah, I, honestly, I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this today. I think I've been p- potentially working harder during this pandemic than I have, like, ever. I mean, which is kind of a lie because that's not true. But um, but it just feels like, it just feels like I have, I guess. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's because, um, you know, I'm I'm way, I think I'm way more focused on what I'm doing. That could be. Like, I mean, I, I know like... for me, I can't say I am at my busiest right now, but I do feel like there is no break from it and hasn't been mm. for five and a half months. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I guess that could be it, except that I've, it, you know, working from home is not new for me. Like I've been doing it for a number of years. Um, it's been a while since I've actually had an office outside of the home. So it, so like that even is the, the thing that didn't change. But what did change is that like I don't have a day job. So I'm focused on, you know, my day job right now is my writing. And so um, and my books, which has been like really kind of cool. But I think I think what ends up happening is I don't get a I don't, I don't break as much when I'm doing the writing, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And that's probably partially what I'm talking about too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm just so focused in and I'm not, and there also isn't things that sort of like break up my day, like, you know, having to manage emails or, you know, whatever it might be. And I've also found past couple of weeks, I've been also like burning the midnight oil, which is probably not great. Like doing like some coursework and stuff like that, like online coursework and stuff at night. Um, But, but, um, which I think is adding to my like fatigue, but yeah, it's been like crazy busy. Yeah. No, I hear you busy and and fatiguing. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of the reason why it's been so busy, which is going to be like surprise. I don't even know if you know this. I have another book coming out this week. What? Yes, I know. And I can't believe I forgot to like throw this out there and be like, Hey, can we talk about this? Cause I'm going to plug the shit out of my books. Well, now is the moment of truth. Because, listeners, you're about to find out if I will allow Karen to talk about the new book. Karen, you may proceed. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. So it is, um, as you all know, um, a couple weeks ago, I guess last month, I released a brand new romance series um, with the book Heartbreak Beat. Um, And so that's been out in the world for I guess it's been like six weeks now um yeah five or six yeah it's been about six weeks and now book number two in the series which is my LA rock star romance series is coming out 
on um, on Thursday, Thursday the 13th. I ain't afraid of the 13th. Um, so, yeah, so it's book two. And I'm super, super, super psyched about this. This is like, it's been, you know, a little like slow going in terms of like, you know, momentum with, you know, sales and stuff like that. But I feel like people, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm finally starting to find readers and, and now it feels like the momentum is, is starting to build as we're getting into so like good. the release of book two, which has been really, really nice. And I have to say the response from the readers has been awesome. Like, like knock wood, like I don't want to jinx anything. Um, but but the readers have been really enjoying it and very, and very vocal in their enjoyment. And it's my best reviewed book right now. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been like this really kind of crazy time. So, um, so I feel I like for, for the first time ever, and I have like a bunch of other books out, but for like, kind of like, I guess for the first time ever, I almost feel legitimate. Like I was thinking about it today and I was like, Oh my God, I almost feel like I'm a legitimate writer, even though I have like, three novels and one novella out for sale and people have been buying for a number of years. Like, um, you know, I like, this is the first, like for some reason, like this one feels like, Oh, okay. Like now I kind of feel legitimate. I'm not quite sure why that is. Um, because my other books were very well reviewed, but this, this just seems, I don't know, more real. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, for those who like romance and rock stars, um, this is a rock star romance and it follows a family or at least these initial books are following a, um, a family of rock artists, uh, like one, the sort of patriarch of the family. He's kind of like this, you know, uh, God, who would, who would be the equivalent? Um, you know, one of those bands that just sort of never, like like kind of like Pearl Jam right like they're they're in they're this certain level of band they will tour forever kind of like the Rolling Stones they will sell out arenas forever you know and this is the story of his um his kid his sons he's got sons and then he's got stepdaughters and so it it talk about mixing tropes I've mixed rock star romance with step um step siblings a, a little bit but I'm kind of breaking out from that um as we move forward into the series um, but, but it's a little bit of trope mixing, which actually the readers have really enjoyed because I was a little bit nervous about mixing tropes, but they've kind of been digging it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, it is and cool. yeah. And so it fought, and so each, each book is kind of a standalone, um, even though like a, a continuation of the world. So like, if you read like that, like somebody who, an arc, uh, reader who did not that I just had, which is arc advanced review copy. Uh, reader just left uh, her review up on where I work through with, with ARC readers and um, she hadn't read the first book. Um, she started with the second and she like, and she didn't like feel like she was not like she lost anything, you know? So anyway, um, second book love song is out on Thursday and I'm very excited about that. Well, I'm excited too. And I have to say, Thursday the 13th also happens to be this guy's birthday and I look at that as a birthday present from you to me oh my gosh happy birthday thank you I knew it was coming up I didn't realize that you were the 13th I am and it is a lucky number for me lucky 13 I love 13 um yay so I have two reasons to have cake on Thursday yeah oh yeah if you ever need yeah celebrate yeah so um so the so last month when i had the book release i kind of was like 
a bit last minute, like, oh my God, what am I doing for my book release? Because usually when I have a book release and I hadn't had one in a while, like I would go out to dinner or something to celebrate pandemic. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, and I know restaurants are open, but it's kind of not fun to go to a restaurant and eat with a mask on. So I, so like, I felt kind of like, I don't know, like it just wasn't like a very, like, I don't know. I want, I don't want to say special release, but I felt like, like I ordered, you know, falafel and we ate falafel at home. And it just kind of was like, and nobody was like, oh my God, you, you know, like I remember releasing books and like, you know, my husband and my kid would get all excited. It was like this big deal. And now they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have another book coming out. So, (laughs) so I'm kind of like, but you don't understand how long this takes and how much work it is, you know? And so to like have it released is like, kind of like you want to do something to celebrate. So I kind of, you know, so maybe they'll celebrate because it's your birthday. Maybe if I'd be like, no, it's not about my book. It's about Doug's birthday. They'll be like, oh, okay. Seems immature of me on my part, but I'll take it. Okay, good. I'll, okay. I will let them do that for me. Okay, good. And for me. And for me, too. <gasps> All right. Be for you. But oh. congratulations. Well, thank you. And if anybody knows anybody at Lifetime, I think this would be a really great series. Cosign. This would be a really great lifetime. This would be a really, really, really great lifetime series. Just saying. Yeah. Anyway. I uh, hardcore agree. Anyway, um, so what are we going to talk about today on the Boulevard, apart from my book? Um, take your pick. I could talk about a TV or a movie. You, uh, whichever. I'll go alphabetically. I will start mm-hmm. by the movie. So I waited until this um, was available for free on Hulu if you have a subscription. But it's one of the few movies that had any sort of theatrical release in 2020. Um, and it's a movie called The Assistant, uh, starring Julia Garner, who is best known for Ozark. Have right. you heard of this? You know, it's so funny because when you had mentioned you were going to do the edit, you were wanted to talk about the assistant. I was like, oh, I saw that. No, I did not see that. I'm um, wondering what you thought it was. I have no idea, but it like maybe I just saw the like I saw like a trailer or something on Hulu and was like, oh, I want to oh, see maybe. that. And so in my head, I was like, oh, I've seen that already. Like that's completely possible. Um, but but yeah, I would like to see it. So I'm very curious about what you thought of it. Uh, well, I did like it. I liked it a lot. Um, it's uh, made by a, a filmmaking hyphenate, really, because because she sort of does everything. Named Kitty Green, um, and it's about uh, a low level, probably entry level uh, assistant at a film production company, um, probably inspired by Harvey Weinstein. Um, and the assistant, whose name is Jane, played by Julia Garner, um, her day starts very early. You know, a, a car paid for by the company takes her to work probably around 6 a.m. And, um, and you know, it, she does a lot of, of menial work. You know, she cleans up for all the catered food after meetings and deals with a lot of, you know, frenetic travel arrangements and rescheduling. The boss, who we will presume is a Harvey Weinstein-like senior, probably well-known film executive, is never seen during the course of the film, which takes place in the course of one day. And They don't show the executive? That's kind of amazing. 
No, they don't. And you only hear him a couple times over the phone in uh, a mumbled voiceover. So you don't really know specifically what is being said. It's clearly a, a sort of toxic work environment. Um, and we're sort of led to believe that there's a lot of um, bad sexual activity going on, on on his end. At one point when we see her cleaning his office, um, looks like she's cleaning up, you know, sex stains on the furniture. Um, it's it's likely that, that he is flying in young and or underage women that he has encountered in his travels, prom- promising them work in exchange for hotel trysts. Um, and this one day at work is the day that it seems to finally wear on the Jane character a little too much. Um, where Kitty Green really excels is like the intensity of what's going on with Jane. Um, and Julia Garner really does a magnificent job of expressing that. Um, but I think, I think it gets a little weird that you never see the boss because it's it's hard to actually picture what's going on over the course of the day because what we're led to believe is that he is coming in and out of the office, that she is having exchanges with him face-to-face before he disappears and comes back and disappears again. But because we don't see it, it's hard to really experience exactly what she is experiencing. It feels more like she has a, bo- a tough boss, but he's out of the office for the day, if that makes sense. Like, what she experiences on the day isn't quite what we get out of it. But nonetheless, the takeaways are that it is toxic and that that he is doing some really um, terrible, likely sexually harassing things. Not to Jane, but that she's kind of witnessing it all over. Um, There are times where I thought that Kitty Green's portrayal of what this... Uh, assistant is doing mm-hmm. I think she felt certain things that uh, assistants at jobs do is kind of unacceptable and beneath them and I'm kind of like well no that's what you do that's what a lot of these entry level jobs are um, I have had many a job where I have had to cover for bosses or managers who were having affairs and who were with those people I have had to clean up their offices after they've done kind of naughty things. So, and that's not even in the entertainment field. So uh, I'm just saying those are things that happen every day. Um, She turns it almost into like a horror movie element that it's that appalling. There is mistreatment and there are stepping stone jobs and there is a big overlap, unfortunately, of what happens there. I'm not sure that everything that this assistant was doing is necessarily mistreatment. Some of it is just what's required of an entry-level job for a high-ranking boss. But Julia Garner was very good. So here's my question, because it seems sort of reminiscent of Swimming with Sharks, the Kevin Spacey movie from 94. Yeah, I think Swimming with Sharks is a much more arch black comedy than The Assistant. I mean, I think... I think Swimming with Sharks gets more extreme. And the Kevin Spacey character in Swimming with Sharks, because we see him and and witness the venom that he spews, it's different because we never see the boss character in The Assistant. Mm. 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, because I was just because I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like it could be, but it sounds like they took like you had mentioned like more of a horror bent with the assistant. Yeah, and I don't want to say like this is not a genre film. This is an independent film right. that is probably a direct response to the Me Too movement, whereas Swimming with Sharks, which was a big indie from the mid '90s, was a, a, a different kind of takedown on how anyone will do anything and will sell their soul. Just to get a job. Just to get in a job. Film. Yeah. 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 All right. So, I mean, like, worth my time? Or, eh? Yeah, I would say it's worth your time. I would say it's worth anyone's time. But I also would not be shocked if you were like, yeah, I didn't love it. But there's something that I think you, tells me you will like it. Okay. All right. I mean, I guess because maybe, I don't know, maybe because... Um, Maybe because, you know, I've read Ronan Farrow's book and I've I've listened to his podcast, you know, and sort of like going through the whole Weinstein thing. I kind of feel, I don't want to say exhausted, but I think a little exhausted, you know, <laughs> you know? I mean, I hate yeah. to say exhausted, but there is this sort of level of fatigue with um, with boys behaving badly, you know, um, and and the, that is just. You know, I guess I guess that would be natural, right? Like, you, like yeah. you're just kind of like, oh God, this again. Like, please stop doing this, people. Just stop. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot to say about the boys' club uh, in this movie, which also does include uh, a small part for Matthew McFadden of Succession fame. Oh, he's in this. Fun. He is he's not as big a role as I had hoped, but he's in it and he's good. Cool. He's always good. He's wonderful. Yeah. And so that's Julia Garner and Matthew McFadden are two of this year's Emmy nominees and could both win theoretically this year again. So there is that. There is that. Um, cool. So what's uh, what's next for you? I just wanted to throw out a, a TV show we watched also on Hulu called Taste the Nation. A few weeks ago, I talked about my my growing education with the Food Network and the Cooking Channel um, and food shows in general. So I'd seen Top Chef years ago and somehow sort of dropped it from my viewing schedule. Um, and now Padma Lakshmi has this own show that she pitched and produces uh, 10 episodes um, where she travels to different cities and towns around the country and looks at different international cuisines that have like a foothold in those specific neighborhoods, um, you know, ranging from, I think it's Japanese food in Honolulu, um, Peruvian food in Patterson, New Jersey, um, you know, that sort of thing, different mm -hmm. ethnic cuisines, um, which is great. And I think she thinks she is, is, you know, then pulling everything back to talk more about, international cultures and immigration and 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 and, and you know in putting it in a larger social context than it really is because these are half hour episodes and what we're really seeing her is talking to some people occasionally even her family about you know like different cultures history what led different people to immigrate to our country um mm -hmm. But but I can't tie it to anything larger in terms of where we are, in terms of those who support versus those who do not support, you know, different cultures around America. Uh, I just think she thinks she's doing more than she is. Um, and I also don't know that I think she is a great host for the show. 
the way she talks about food is very clinical. It makes it sound like she knows what ingredients go into different kinds of food, but she doesn't talk about it the way chefs typically talk about food, which is with the love for flavor and scent and the way, you know, different ingredients actually interact. Um, it's more of just to show, like, I know what this is. Um, it's at a remove from something that I feel like she should look more in love with. So, you know, I want to give the show an A for effort. I'm just not sure what the effort is really supposed to yield, quite frankly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. There was something I never, never felt the need to sort of watch this show for some reason. I just, I guess, I guess it, it, I guess for start, like I never really understood what it, what it was. And, and I, I don't also, think the show does understand what it is. That's, right. That's my thing. Got it. Okay. So that, that explains, okay. That explains everything. That explains why I feel that way. Um, and, and I never watched Top Chef, so I didn't really know who she was ah. in that context because she's, I mean, she's somebody else, right? Like she's, a, she's. I mean, I think her, her way in was as a model. No, because, yeah, because she's married to, she was married to Rushdie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she was married to Salman Rushdie for a couple of years after she became a bold-faced name. And then has since married someone else who I think is in business, banking, finance, something. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so, like, I, that's, like, I didn't know her from Top Chef. I, I knew her from being, you know, her, you know, a model and, and Rushdie's wife. So, uh yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say things like there are different cultures and they have different foods and it is interesting. And that's kind of all the show can do. But, you know, haven't we seen that before? Like, that's I kind of like Bourdain did that, although yeah. he did that. Well, I think, he, I think that, that is the nationally one. as I think well. When you pitch it, that's the one that people say, like, oh, it's like no reservations, but in America. Something like right, that. right, and even he like went, you know, did do, you know, America. He did go into different areas of, of even the United States, or like you could even say, oh, but that's almost like Guy Fieri with like, you know, in a different way. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm sorry, it's actually not like Guy Fieri. Nothing is like Guy Fieri. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but like, I don't know. I guess I feel like it's it's been done because um oh what's his name the chef from momofuku um shit i can't think of his name um what the hell is his name because he has a show too um david chang he's got a netflix show and i feel like his show on netflix might do it do something similar too Yeah, okay, here it is. This one, Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, and he has a series called Ugly Delicious? Yeah, yeah, but I think the one I might be thinking of that's sort of like this is like Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. Um, The description, David Chang takes his insatiable curiosity about food, culture, and identity on the road in the convivial company of fun-loving celebrity guests. So he's got like some celebs along along for the ride, but I feel like he's sort of like, 
you know, also does that me- that mash of like food and culture and conversations and and that sort of thing. Like I feel like he he does that as well. Like I don't know. I guess there's. I guess I feel like there's so many of these that are out. Yeah, I mean there are a ton at different levels. She, I think, is a kind of big deal. So she's been out pushing the show as much as she could, and you know. It's thoughtful, to, um, but only to a certain degree. But I just looked up David Chang. He's from my hometown of Virginia. Oh, well, there you go. He's actually yeah, he great. He went to much fancier schools than I did, but he is <laughs> from Vienna, Virginia. Did he um, – now, have you seen any of his Netflix shows? No, none of them. Because I can't remember if it was Ugly Delicious or if it was Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner that I saw. I think it might have been Ugly Delicious. He's actually really, really good. He's fun to watch. I enjoy watching his shows. Um, I feel like I am at capacity with my food shows, but that's good to know. Okay. So um, when you I mean, feel please, like please, you're never ready say, for... Never say never because that could change tomorrow. When, when you feel like you're, you're, um, when you're starved again, ha ha, food. <laughs> Ha ha, see what I did um, for food related shows. Give that a shot. The other one that I haven't watched yet that I would like to watch is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, no, I watched the first, uh, like, maybe two of the four segments. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, shall we move on then? I'm ready to move on. Okay, moving on. You had watched something else, I believe. Yes, I did. Okay, so. I watched, um, ben, I can't say binge watched, but watched. Um, block watched. In blocks. Block watched. Um, wait, hold on a second. I got the, I think I got the name wrong. Yes, I did get the name wrong. <laughs> Let me get so the name So you really right. into this show. I was really, actually, I was really into it. It's called Cursed. Um, and this is a Netflix series. And it's sort of like a retelling or a prequel of the Arthurian uh, myth. Um, and it's actually really interesting because it moves, um, it, it kind of has the Arthur, Arthurian legend of the sword and the sword was actually originally wielded by a woman, um, right. who turns out to be, um, Nimue, who is the lady of the lake in the, in the original, you know, story right in the original legend um and so you basically see nimue before she became the lady of the lake you see morgana before she was morgana and you know and arthur as this sort of like before he went into like before he became a knight and and so it's actually um a really fascinating retelling or prequel story to, you know, to Camelot and, you know, who, who is Lancelot and who, and Merlin and where Merlin came from. And, and it's, it, it was fascinating. And I like, you know, like the first episode, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure I'm so into this, but then it just like really grew on me. And I am really looking forward to the next season. God, I hope they have it every time I like something People seem to, you know, the execs seem to love to cancel it. Um, and it starred as Nimue, Catherine Langford. Who yeah, was, I was going to say, it's another big Netflix show for her. Yeah, like she's been in a few things. So it's 13 Reasons Why. And then I actually also just watched Knives Out over the weekend. And oh, I loved it. That was my second favorite movie in all of last year. 
See, I didn't like it. At all? I liked it. I didn't, okay, I liked it. It was okay. I didn't love it. It was a great cast. It was a really great it cast. It is a good cast. It is a really good cast. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might have fallen asleep. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and, and this is, and I don't know, I think I've mentioned this before at one point um, at Hollywood Boulevard where we've talked about like, you know, different magical systems and magical creatures and um, the fae, the fairies, um, the fae folk, which comes out of Irish uh, folklore and how um, anytime anybody is doing any, any sort of fae work, I am always in awe because that magical system is so damn complicated. And there are all these different houses and all these different types of fae's and they're, you know, they're, they're the, 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 the world building is very intricate when you're dealing with fey things. Um, and so they've actually inc incorporated the fey, I mean, pretty extensively because Nimue is a uh, fey folk. Um, and this is kind of like that sort of like moment between, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, the, the, what, what, how did, uh, how did Token call it? Like the realm of man versus the realm of magic or wizards or whatever it was. Like, it's sort of like that same idea where it's sort of like the Fae focus have kind of like run the world. And now it's sort of like, they're kind of like being killed off during it's during the crusades. And, and so there are all these like terrible people that are out there and, um, you know, trying to with, with, you know, that work for the Pope and trying to convert everybody to Christianity and trying to basically like they're hunting down and killing off these, these fae folk and Nimue is almost, is like their savior. And she ends up with the sword, you know, King Arthur's sword basically. And it, and it makes her into this sort of like uber strong magical creature who's able to like sort of fell, you know, man and like man and beast, like in extraordinary ways. And, you know, so anyway, um, she is, um, you know, on this quest to kind of save her folk and and meets Arthur along the way and they fall in love. And it's got everything. If you are into that sort of Arthurian legend stuff, if you're into magic, if you're into fae folk, it, if you and it has like absolutely everything that you could possibly want. Like I was like in love with this series. I was so happy and I was so disappointed that it was only 10 episodes oh, I, was I was like say, keep where, going what's the catch here it's only 10 episodes yeah uh, so, um but like if that's your thing like it is my thing i think you will really enjoy it oh cool um i didn't know too much about it when uh it was released so uh, i will have to check into it yeah it's a great cast i mean you know not nobody that i really recognized which was like another part of it that I thought was really great. Cause like, I didn't watch, um, 30 reasons why. 30, yeah. I didn't reach 30, 13 yeah, reasons why. Reasons. Yeah. And then there's an after Emily Coates. Um, do you, I don't know what else she's been in. Not a whole lot. Um, she kind of plays this young, um, young nun or maybe like not quite a nun in, in this series where, and she just turns out to be like the worst person ever. And she is fascinating to watch. She is actually a really phenomenal actress and kind of in certain ways stole the show. Like one of those actors um, or one of those characters that you love to hate because you know, she's like doing these really dastardly and terrible things. Um, 
and I thought so so there are some young actors in here um as well as some not well known actor you know unknown actors and they're all doing some really great work good to know uh no I don't know of Emily Coates so I will check her out and I think we have another Skarsgård I didn't realize that oh is there <laughs> yeah we have yet another one Gustav. Oh, it's Merlin. Um, Gustav plays Merlin. So I, I actually didn't realize that um, that we had another Skarsgård. I didn't realize that was him. He is phenomenal. This guy, of course, he's a wow. Skarsgård. He is actually a really, truly wonderful actor. He was great in this too. Oh, he was on Vikings, and he was in last year's or the previous season of Westworld. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he is quite good. So of course, he's a Skarsgård. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, two thumbs up for this. If you guys are looking for something, uh, something to watch, I, I highly recommend it, especially if you're into these sort of like myths and legends things. Good to know. Thank yes. You. Well, I just wanted to talk really quickly about something that had kind of aggravated me all day. Oh. Um, <laughs> and it's not you. Um, those of you who know me probably more from real life than from the pod, uh, know that I have had a few encounters with workplace harassment um, and toxic work environments, not quite like in the assistant, um, but valid. Um, I've thought this for a couple years. On Bravo, one of their non-housewives reality shows is called Below Deck. They also have Below Deck Mediterranean and Sailing Yacht. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched any of these, Karen, but it's... No. So it follows the crew on on these yachts, and there is a captain, and there are there's the, the chief stew, and then the several stewardesses or whatever you want to call them uh, that report up, and a chef, and then the bosun and the couple crew members that report up to the bosun, and then every couple days is a different charter, different rich guests who have different demands or are differently crazy. Uh, okay. So you've got like the upstairs, downstairs juxtaposition, but the meat of the show is really the downstairs. It's the crew and the galley. And they're young and they're often hooking up and they're often drinking and they're often fighting. In the last couple seasons, especially there have been a couple times where different crew members have been fired or quit. Um, and usually those have been because of cases of some sort of, I think, wrongful treatment by management, whether it's the chief stew or the captain to to those who report from below. I've said now that I think more than anything, you find more examples of harassment and toxic workplace discrimination on the Below Deck series than anything else in media. So there was another example of that in last night's episode, and it's almost not worth going into the full story, but... Um, the, for the first time, everyone at the top is a woman. The captain, her name is Sandy, is a woman. She's been on the show for four seasons. The chief stewardess, her name is Hannah, also been on four seasons. The bosun is also a woman. Her name is Malia. She was on at a lower rank going back about three years. And now she is here with a staff that reports up to her. Well, they have just fired the chef in a previous episode for, I think, reasons that are not his fault. 
Um, and Malia, the bosun's boyfriend, happens to be a freelance chef, which I don't know how that works. Um, and he was visiting. And they decided to make him their new chef. And Malia, the bosun, decided to make to change the everyone's bunking arrangements. It's two to a room. Well, she decided so that Tom, the chef, her boyfriend, could sleep in her room, that everyone else was going to be rearranged. And the one who was affected is Hannah, the chief stew, and I believe technically the highest ranking under the captain. Hannah didn't want to redo her living arrangements. She actually wasn't crazy about the other person she would have to share a room with. That person had similar reservations. In the end, Malia, the bosun, went to Sandy, the captain, and said, well, Hannah doesn't want to move rooms, but I want to move rooms, so can you tell her to move rooms? And that's basically what Sandy did. She just called everyone into a meeting and said, you're all going to change your rooms. Malia went a step further and then reported something she had known about, um, which is, I guess, a violation of the rules. Hannah, the chief stew had a uh, prescription antidepressants on her, which I guess is a violation of like a zero tolerance drug policy. I don't know, because there have been people on boats in the past who have had medications that seem to have been reported and not violated. I, I don't know. What I do know is the way that the bosun and the captain sort of worked around to make sure that the bosun kept getting what she wants felt discriminatory and petty. And if you weren't watching, I don't think I've done an adequate job of describing it, but it's the latest example of what I perceive to be gross portrayals of workplace discrimination and hostile work environment. And I just want to know if any of our watchers have seen the show and concur. On Twitter, there does seem to be uh, ample agreement, but I'm wondering if there's anyone watching because to me, I feel like it is very apparent and to the point where it, it, it really kind of incensed me all during my own work from home day. I was kind of lit up. I was like, this is unfair, and I can't believe this isn't being called out the right way, that sort of thing. That's actually all I have to say. Okay. I wanted to get I wanted, I wanted to get it out, and if you're not watching it, you can't, I probably really, you can't experience it the same way. But I do think between the below deck Mediterranean and the regular below deck, I think, and it starts at the top with the captains, I think you can see a lot of really insidious workplace behavior going on. So going from the assistants to below deck, it's out there, guys. You can see it. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, man, if you're living it, why would you want to, like, watch it? Like me? When you... Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's what's out there. I mean, like you know, if you're if you're living it, it I don't know. Would do you want to watch it? I actually had no idea that this show existed. Yeah, I actually think it's kind of one of the better shows. And it's been on since for seven seasons. I'm like, I yeah, have no idea. Of its, like of its kind of like an inside niche industry kind of thing. I actually think it's pretty good. Having said that, I think I probably have to stop watching. Yeah, it sounds disturbing, actually. 
Um, I mean, most of it is very sort of trivial because it's a bunch of stupid fighting and it's a bunch of good looking people in their 20s. Most of them are not good at this job and I think are hired because they're, you know, acting, actors, models, Instagram, famous people. Um, but, but it did a good job of portraying like what was going on in like a really uh, sort of innocuous uh way um but i don't know the more the more episodes that i've seen where it's like and it always seems to be because it has to build to someone leaving or getting kicked off um i'm like this isn't what i need to watch it's it's not healthy for me uh so i will say hannah farrier you did nothing wrong okay i think that she probably appreciates that i hope so yeah I hope so. Well, do you feel better now? Yeah. Once I actually started talking about it, I wasn't as lit up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. Maybe it was just too tedious to try and and uh, (laughs) re-narrate what what had happened. Well, I'm glad that you feel better. Um, I think that's it. Is that all we've got? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, if anyone's watching anything they think we should know about, as always, come to our uh, page on Facebook, Back on the Block Pod, and let us know. Yeah, talk to us. There's a world of streaming out there. Also, if you find Karen's book, let us know. Yeah, give it a read. Um, Exclusively on Amazon. So until then... um... Yeah, I guess next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I sorry. I think my no. I think my my earpod went in and out for a second. I think it did too because there was like a weird little pop. Yeah. Okay. But I'm back, okay. so you can hear okay. me, and and I have no brilliance left to to shine on. Yeah, we're um, tired. But again, if you want to make a a nice birthday present, you can go to iTunes and give us five stars and tell us you love us. And tell oh, well, that's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess until next week. Yeah, until next week. Be safe, be healthy, enjoy, and we'll catch you back on the boulevard. Bye. Bye.